scripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller, Holly O'Connor, and Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. So, uh, hi, Laura Top Life on the Miguel and Holly YouTube oh, page. Nice. Jumping Laura. on quick. Wow. Hi. I feel like usually it's the afternoon we see Laura... Uh, pop on Twitter, and <laughs> she's like, listening to Platypus Posse podcast time. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we so appreciate it. Um, I remember when we started the podcast, it was just because, like, we couldn't talk a lot on our on-air show. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. we were literally, like... It was two minutes at a time. Constricted. We had six minutes how? In an hour. Yeah. How do you In fit which to speak? Life in two minutes. This is just, you know. You don't. Okay, you don't. that's what I thought. But I just don't know because I know a lot of people do that when they start out and, you know, radio, it's like, you got to get just really in and out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you connect this? Because you don't talk like that in normal life. You I know? think it's changing. It's, it is. Because it's, 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 it's impossible to do that. But that's why we started the podcast. Because, uh. like, literally on the Hot 101.5 app, when we first start, when it was the Miguel show, it mm-hmm. used to be six minutes of the Miguel show, and that was the show. That was it. Oh, it was Just on, on the app. Six minutes <laughs> of the Miguel show. Some songs are longer than that. Yes. Yeah. Everything was longer than that. Uh, but anyway, so I feel like the past three days since I've been back at work, four days um, or whatever, since we've been back from Mexico, the honeymoon, mm-hmm. that... Everything just feels a little different. Like when we were on our honeymoon, Abe and I, when people would like text us and be like, hope y'all having a fun time. And they'd be like, oh, does it feel different? I'm like, no, it just feels like Abe and I are on a vacation together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the last few days, for some reason, when I look at him, it's like, holy shit. Oh, that's so cool. Like you chose me. And I chose you, and we're, like, literally in this shit forever. Life together. partners. You're going to be, like, 70 looking at each other like, That's good that you feel kid. that. Some yes. people don't. Mm. Well, that's good that you do, though. And it's good that you are both uh, advanced enough in your knowledge of yourselves to have that. Right. Yeah. It just, it, it, feels, it feels different for some reason. I guess since we've been back in, like, the wedding's done. The honeymoon's done. Now We're back into, you. like, regular rotation of life. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, tonight, he's not going to be home tonight because some of our friends are leaving out of the country and they haven't gotten to see him yet and a part of his groom's party. And they're oh, like, yeah. hey, let's hang out tonight. And usually, since we live in Largo now, if he's hanging out during the week, I'm like, girl, just stay at our friend's house. Don't try to drive back. Or don't for, don't try to drive. And then don't try to drive back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's staying at their house tonight. But he was like, is it okay if I go? And I'm like, what have you ever need to ask me for permission <laughs> before? And he was like, I don't know. It just feels like I need to, like, check in. And I was like, okay, You're that's like, fine. Yeah. Just letting you know what's up. Yeah, but in that, it's gotten me really sort of in a reflective mood about life Mm. and just about friendships and uh, work and just everything and just sort of been going down. Like, I think it was yesterday after the show, Scott, and I just looked at you as you were working and I was like, we've known you for almost four years now. That I'm sorry, Just and I know you're not, this is not a time to pause, but that blows my mind. Right. That blows my mind. It does not feel like it's been four years. No. no. I mean, sometimes I feel like I just met you at Jenkins Mitsubishi in 
Uh, I think it was, um, oh, my gosh, you would kill me. Ooh. Nicole? Nicole, thank you. For some reason, I want to say Sam. Nicole was like, hey, Scott's new on the team, um, and he's really interested in radio. And I was like, <gasps> yes. finally a promotions kid that's interested in radio? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we sat there for two hours, and I was like, well, tell me, what are your interests? And I just remember that feeling I've had before that I was like, this person, I told you that. I was like, you're an onion. I was mm-hmm. like, you look a certain way and you sound a certain way, but there is so <laughs> much more underneath the surface. Yeah. And that's when I was like, hey, if you want to ever come in, I feel like that was almost like maybe six months ago yeah. that you first started coming in. That's why it's hard for me to believe that it was four years. Like, yeah. we know so much about each other. And it doesn't feel like it's been that long. On the other hand, it does feel like it's been that long. Like, yeah. You're just there. And so much life has happened. Just- oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I remember just being in the studio and, like, not being able to, like, fully be myself because I was still learning y'all. And I know myself. And I can be a lot when I just unravel just everything. And I'm like, Girl, if I only knew. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, bitch. <laughs> you I'm tricked weird. me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. He kept that crazy tuck inside. I was like, oh, one day it's like it's fully going to be out and open. And now it's it's just kind of cool because you don't think about it. Like, I don't think about it ever when I'm just like, I guess just being myself or just being completely weird or awkward or making noises or doing something stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like they're just used to it. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, if anybody sees me, like there's only a handful of people that see like Scott, I guess, or anybody in this room at like full capacity. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually the most alive in these hours. Like the morning is this when I'm. Off the wall, my brain's going a million miles a minute, and yeah. especially when we have so much attention on specific things, like, I work a certain way, yeah. and I gotta do weird things to make it happen, but also, it just shows comfort. Yes. It shows right. comfort for me to be able to do those things, and it's really cool. Just think back when I remember, like, those conversations with you, Miguel, at the car lot, and I also remember the first time I sat on the couch in y'all's office and just started spitting ideas of, like, I wanna do this, and I wanna do this, mm. and y'all are like, okay, well... Go do it. And I was like, oh, snap. It's real. Like, it's on me now. Well, we have been Go make waiting. it happen. Like, I'm sorry, but it's not that hard to, like, get your foot in the door with radio. Now, right. is it that hard to actually get paid money and become yeah, full-time? Yeah. You, know you yeah, got to be consistent. Yeah. You got to balls like, to the wall to it. At but. any point, anybody on the promotions team could have been like, I have ideas. Can I do them with you? And we would have been like, yeah. Literally not one person did. Yeah. No. But there's also, like, this weird line where somebody might be that way, but if they're, like, obnoxious or annoying or they don't jive with us, yeah, we know that's also not going to work. So it is a little bit, and I just talked to um, Danielle, who does mornings on Magic 94.9, our sister station. She and I were having a discussion, and you came up, and I my um, descriptor, Descriptor of Scott is this is like a lightning in a bottle type of situation. Mm. She knows, like we do, Miguel and I do, that you are not normal. And and that's the best possible thing I could possibly say about you. Like, Mm -hmm. we all knew it. Like, all of the seasoned radio people, we knew it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, God, I just, every time he does a thing, I'm always, like, taking, like, notes or taking just notice of it. And I think the people that really get radio in this building, they see you, and they're just like, oh, man, he's got it. He's got mm. the it factor. You just, you have to know, and it's it's something that's, like, just inherent in you. And then, yeah. you know, like, I saw that, and we were like, all right, well, let's sort of, like, mold you into a personality. And, like, I remember the moment that I was like, bitch fucking got it, is when your ex went away for school, and I was like, why don't you write a letter 
just sort of saying bye, mm. but I want you to read it on the air. And you were like, ooh, yeah. that feels a little prickly. You're and I like, was I like, but then, you know, one of the things that we teach you is like, it's very relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, people are in a lot of long distance relationships and it shows a little bit of your heart. It, yeah. There's that onion part of you like on the air, you were, what do we call you? Like Sky of the Body from USF? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you're so comfortable like literally taking your shirt off or right. doing something crazy yeah. or, you know, going out and getting audio on the street. But what we hadn't seen a lot of yet was the touchy-feely inner stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when you read it and you <sighs> opened up. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, I remember being in that moment. Like, there was one side of me that was like, oh, he hurts. But then there was the other radio part of me that was like, yes, yes, he's been born. Yeah. Yes, he was baptized in the radio. Fire. Yes, honey, yes. You're right. Uh, I mean, that, no truths were uh, not told just now. You know, no lies were told. You, It's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And I remember some people in my life who heard it that day, they were like, that was so mean. Why did you mm. make him do that? And I was like, when you were in your car, did you turn that radio all the way the fuck up? And were you listening? And did you did that make you feel something? Because you've been in a similar situation where mm. someone you were dating had to go away, or you had or you missed someone or you felt longing for someone. They were like, Yeah. And I'm like, that's why we fucking do that. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Because you felt something and you were like, Oh, I'm not the only person that feels that. Yeah. And yeah. especially at that time of year when you two had just graduated from college. So it was like it made perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And after everything, you know, and then the rest of your life that you've lived out on the radio, what do you think has been your biggest takeaway in the four almost four years that you've been on the show and or just, just on the radio in general? There is so much. I mean, even just from that story alone, it's just I remember those moments where you're thinking back and before it, you're just so nervous on how it's going to come across. Mm. And then when you share and you open up, it's shows the full circle moment of so many people are right there with you and so many people are just connecting with you on that same exact feeling. And through this entire journey, like the biggest thing is, is that people truly care and what I've always wanted to do with radio is connect and be there for people. And I've been able to do that, but also people have been there for me. Yeah. And that's the craziest thing with this because it is nerve wracking when you leave it all out on the air and you just like, I'm going to ball and I'm not someone again, like let's say that specific example, like I'm going to just lose it completely emotionally. Like I'm not someone that does that in just general in real life. Nevertheless, on a radio station that, you know, projects all the way to my hometown in Vero Beach, which is across the state. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, it's just, it shows that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay because you're not alone in that feeling. And that's the powerful thing that I think radio stands out from any other platform of media is you just have a better way of connecting with people. It's just you, your voice, and somebody else listening, probably in a more private setting. Maybe yes. they're just alone in their car. It's intimate. Exactly. And to know that it's okay to be vulnerable has been just a game changer for me. It's opened me up into so many ways of just my interpersonal connections that I have with people, talking to people that I've just met on the streets and being comfortable just like, hey, like we could get deep. It's okay to get deep. It's okay to just talk and just be human for a second. We have that comfort with each other. And I love that. I love now going out and people are able to like say things, bring things up with me that I would love to talk about, but you just didn't know I was comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. And now people have that comfort. So that's just one takeaway besides the billions of lessons that I've learned in this dang thing within the past four years. And it's just, it will always be crazy. Like, especially, I bet you all go through this all the time where it's like, I just remember like wishing, 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 sitting in Bulls radio at USF. Like, I know what I want to do. I finally figured it out. I cracked the code. I was like, that's it. And then I was trying to figure out how to do the damn thing. Mm -hmm. 
And the fact to just sit here, and I love having those moments of thinking back, like, holy crap, it happened. It like, happened. It, it freaking happened. Like, you have that opportunity in front of you, and you take it, and you take risks, and when the opportunity presents itself, like, go after it. It's not exactly the smoothest travel. Yeah, no. But eventually, you end up exactly where you once were dreaming of being, and that is so cool to see. And then I just think to myself, when I get on myself, and I'm like, Oh, God, you got to be doing this and got to be doing that. I'm like, wait a second. Holy crap. Your journey is just beginning. Mm-hmm. Pump the damn brakes. And it feels like you've been at it for a long time. But you're like, wait, there is still so much more to come. Mm. That part now, like, is just bananas. That's bananas. Mm. Yeah, you have a long. Oh, that part wi- A wide out. open <laughs> uh, future, mm-hmm. which is scary because we all don't like quite the unknown, but right. yeah. um, it's so exciting too. Yeah, I think it's just for me, it's, I, you know, and for us right here in the room, for you listening, like you've been through tough situations where you thought you'd never get to that other side of it or you've had these dreams and you thought you'd never get there, but right now you're living that dream that you once wished for. Like you can do those things. It just might not be exactly the way you thought. Yeah. And so having that trust, like for me, the thing I put on myself is like one day I got to make it. I got to make it. I got to make it. Like what is that going to look like? And I'm like, wait a second. When have I ever proved myself wrong before that I wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Like everything I, th- I wrote down on paper four years ago, it's come true. Mm. <laughs> like there's no reason why I want it in the future as well. I think also too, just working through tough situations. Like as you were talking about being at Bulls Radio, I remember being at my two-year school and it, I think it was the end of my freshman year and I was trying to get through, I think it was probably remedial science just to get to be able to like college, freshman biology or whatever. Yeah. And I was having the toughest time and I was just like, I've done the CD-ROMs, I've gone to the study groups, I just don't know if... I don't know if I'm smart enough for college. And I remember calling the Art Institute of Miami because I think at the time, it was like 2003, 2004, they had some sort of like radio course and I was talking with them and they were like, yeah, but none of your credits will transfer and you have to do this and you have to do that. And then I was like, hold up. I've gotten this far in my life. Am I really going to let not remembering what osmosis means like stop this path i'm on Mm. i've already gotten myself here we just gotta fucking put your head down and just go forward and there's so many times in my life that i can look back at and be like wow it was so easy just to take the easy route and just give up yes or just go ah it's too much or ah this is easy this is the easy thing to do let's just stay here and do this and then i was like no Let's be uncomfortable and let's see where it gets us. Yeah. And every time I sort of push the needle a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Mm. That makes sense. And it's hard. We had a conversation once uh, where it's hard to know, especially nowadays, because nowadays mental health is so much more um, in the forefront. And we had a discussion on the air, I think, where it's like, well, yes, you should stop or it's okay to quit or it's okay to walk away from something that's harming you, which if that had been the case, you know, 10 years ago, I, I don't know how m- my life would be the same. Mm, yeah. So, like, that's where it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, it is difficult to know when to keep pushing and when to walk away from something that's harmful to you. Because Miguel and I stayed in a situation that was harmful to us. And we stayed and we stayed because we knew it would be better. And, like, I don't know if we had the knowledge then that we had now that, like, you, you know, maybe there's another way to this that you're not having to be abused. <laughs> 
Um, but would we be here if we didn't? I wonder go if it helps that those. y'all were with each other though. Like, yeah. Oh. Like, oh. Yeah. If it was alone, would it have been a different story to quit then because you didn't have a support system. If it w- if we would have been alone, my ass would still be living in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> no, still, I would have moved back to Ohio. Right. I'm sure. Right. At that point, because just the fact that we did have each other was the only saving grace. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I for sure, I don't know. I'd be doing something in Ohio. <laughs> Cutting lumber. <laughs> yeah. Get picking corn. I don't know. <laughs> no, there was no way that we would have made, and I don't know if I could say the same for you, but I just wouldn't have been able to make it no. without help. I don't think so. I, I feel like I probably would have gone down a really dark path because I would have felt like, like, now I know I can walk away from a situation and be okay. Yeah. But at that time, with no support system to, like, catch me, yeah, I probably would have stayed, but then I probably would have, like, like, I partied a lot. Like, when we got to, when I got to Panama City, because I didn't party in college. Right. And so I was, like, when I met a group of gay friends there, and I was, like, ooh, the gay bar, and I was just whooping it up on the weekends, mm-hmm. I feel like I probably would have made some not great choices to sort of like numb mm-hmm. myself because I did go through a period of that. Because you are, you already were doing that, but it would have been worse. It would have been worse if I didn't at least have someone to like vent to mm-hmm. every day and that felt that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's where I feel like the difference between like, all right, we got this. We can get through it. It's tough, but let's keep going. True. But if I'm like, wow, I'm really harming myself because I can't deal with this. That's the difference is when you know you need to like step away from a situation. That's true. I like that de- uh, definition. It's good. Holly, since we're going down memory lane, um, what has been one of your favorite moments on the podcast? Oh, wow. I hate this question, actually. Because <laughs> like, you can't yo, remember shit? I can't. Like, I think there's something legit wrong with me. <laughs> I don't know why this is the case. And at some points, I've decided, like, some things that we do radio-wise, whether it be in public or maybe even just in the studio, I like I dissociate Mm. Where I leave my body for a little bit. Just two different mm. Hollies. Am I? I'm like on autopilot, but like the outgoing autopilot. And then later on, like those memories, since they were, I was like sort of missing in action for them. They don't really stick. It's so weird, and I don't. I don't think about it often because it starts to make me either worried or sad mm. when I think about it. But I don't have like Miguel always can pull out a memory of like, like an elephant. Yes. <laughs> like, bitch knows where all of our documents are. Like, you know about, like, I didn't, i be honest with you, I didn't remember that thing about the letter that Scott wrote to his ex. Oh, you remember? Know. But you remember I it now. now. Yeah. Now that you brought it's it up. It's front of mind. I, I can't, it's buried in a deep sea. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So, okay. So let me just go back and think about it. Podcast... Like you said, one of the be- uh, what was the question like, exactly? Uh, memorable moments okay. from the podcast from Miguel and Halle Uncensored for the Platypus, and also another reason why I'm bringing this up is because we've had a lot of or a few of the Platypus Posse members when we didn't do a podcast last week when I was on the honeymoon, like Laura Top Life, who's on the YouTube now, who tweeted us and said, "Hey, I'm going back to the beginning on iTunes and Lord. just sort of like going through some old episodes and sort of reminiscing, yeah, uh, through old stuff." And I was like, "Oh." Ooh, I've had memory lane. people who listen, like fan members, like DM me or whatever about specific things I talked about on the podcast in like 2016. And I'm like, oh, when was that? Did who? I say that? What? Oh, shit. What? Um, 
I have a lot of good memories around the time when I was going through my absolutely wild post-divorce, like, crazy phase. <laughs> Those were fun stories. Those were fun stories. <laughs> and I distinctly remember uh, my ex-husband's mother being like, calling me after we got divorced and like we were doing these podcasts and she was like you really need to be careful what you're talking about on the podcast oh do you want that out there oh. and i was like no i don't know oh mm. mm-hmm. that was rough mm-hmm. uh memorably was the podcast when i talked about the divorce mm. that was uh <clears throat> gut-wrenching and the fact that i even even now like y'all i don't like keeping secrets i don't like it because especially now that i'm living more in my truth mm-hmm. I used to be very good at keeping secrets and being only like only divulging the Holly that I wanted you to see because I wanted people to think a certain way about me. Mm. That was my entire life until a few years ago. Um, you know, I would put out like this front that I wanted you to see because I just wanted people to like me. That's uh. all. Um, and so when I started becoming like uh, more living in my authentic truth, it is so hard not to be like 100% open and honest about my entire life. It's mm. so difficult, and I right. hate that. But there are reasons. There's multiple reasons. There's the fact that I do have a kid who's probably going to grow up and try to listen to this one day, and I'm like, oh, oh, this poor kid. Yeah. So some of that. There's uh, literally legal issues, and I can't talk about some things. You know, there's... um just my privacy and my my fear of people coming for me mm. like there's all these different things so going back to um the post divorce podcast which is really right when we first started things um that was one of the first times that I was able to be so just deeply vulnerable and I was very glad for it I couldn't even get into all of it though I still can't and I still won't um, but there was so much more about just me, not even my ex-husband, just me that I was going through that I can't really get into. That's what sucks the most about some of this. Mm. Like, I can't just, like, there's other people involved in my life that don't deserve to be, have, it's my story, but it's also other people's. Right. You know what I right. mean? Absolutely. So that, uh, the post-divorce crazy phase, I was nuts. I was wild. And I knew... I was like, I don't want to be one of those crazy women that has these crazy times after they get divorced. Little did I know that I was literally being that person as I was saying that. I think I told you that one time on the air. You started to cry. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, remember that prototypical woman we used to talk about in radio all the time that like when they get divorced and they dye their hair and then they get a boob job and they're like out hanging out. Yeah. I was like, you're not there. But you're there. But you're sporting some signs of it. Yeah. Which is fine. I think it sounds fun. Which is completely is 100. But you used to always tell me, if I ever get to that point, just let me know yeah. so I can sort of do a gut check of where I am. Because in no way was I trying to make you feel bad about no. it. I was just like, hey, you always told me to pull the, the cord and yeah. let you know that this was happening. Yeah. And I'm glad you did. And it's just... um. Because you can go down that hole and become someone that you don't really want to be because right. you're in a different headspace. Right. Those episodes, though, those are pretty fun and memorable. Just because the, the names of the different guys and, like, we, I don't know. I just felt like I was living <laughs> such an adventurous life. And I really was. Right. Not really recommended, but that's okay. It was adventurous. And then, um, oh, let me cap it off with this. I, ah, this is going to sound awkward. I realize what I'm about to say is controversial, and I'm, <clears throat> I don't mean this. Uh-oh. Shifting my seat. Bad, like, 
people died. This pandemic has been horrific for so many people. There mm. is death. There is disability. And in no way am I trying to make light of that. But I think it deserves to be spoken out loud for maybe anybody else who feels like me, where, like, the pandemic was great for me. Mm. And when I say that, I don't mean, like, I didn't love Lysoling down things. But in those first, you know, eight months of the pandemic, when we came in here and did a corn cast yeah. every day, I felt so good about this career. Mm. Like, that's what I'm here for. Right. That was right. my truest and highest calling in this industry. Mm. And it felt so good to be aligned with my purpose. It was just like, I felt like as someone who's a people pleaser, a recovering people pleaser, but also someone who likes to, you know, serve people, the community, I felt like I was doing my highest calling, which was serving the community. Yeah. All right. And if I could be a buoy at all to lift anybody else up in those moments, let me do it. Mm. I mean, we sacrificed a lot of hours yeah. mm -hmm. for every day doing those podcasts after we would get off the air. When they, We got off the air at like noon. Yeah, we're going till noon every day. Oh, my God, I forgot about you that. forget about oh, that? Yeah. I had a kid at home who wasn't going to school, and I'm just like, well, I got to be at work, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> like, it just felt, I felt so alive right. during those times. And I guess maybe that's weird. And that's why I apologize because I know people died. And I know, like, people lost their businesses. And I know, it, like, it was horrific for most people. And it wasn't like all parts of it were great. No, but. But in, my, in that way, this career for me, it was the pinnacle. Right. And I got so worried as things started to get better and, like, whatever. I was like, I'm going to lose this feeling. I know it. I know it. And so much of what I don't like about this job, because let's be honest, everybody in your job, you have stuff about it that you like. It's and a stuff job. About it that you don't like. All the stuff that I don't like about this job, like, was gone during right. those, during like 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, the stuff I don't like is going to come back. And I'm like, no. Remember, everybody was like, no. like Life's going to change. Life is different now. And we're doing so much more to make life better. Shit didn't change. Mm. As soon as anybody in, like, you know, corporate America could, they pulled everybody back into the workforce and said, mm -hmm. all right, back just like it was in 2019. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Chop, chop. Forget your mental health. So yeah. for me, who was actually, like, living my highest life during that pandemic and serving others and doing all the things that I love about this business, it was a bit of a rough awakening to come back to everyday life. Mm. And that sucked, but it's just one of those things. Like, it was better for everybody else, you know? Like, we got right. to live again. And don't get me wrong, I, I do not want to be locked down again. Right. That's not what I'm saying. Right. And I'm not even saying that about it. I'm just, I, I guess I'm just talking about our jobs Yeah. Mm -hmm. and what I loved about this job. I feel the same way about, like, um, I guess just anytime there's, like, a situation where we can serve the public. Because the first time I got that feeling was in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit. I would not wish that on anybody. I do not want to hurt another hurricane to destroy a city. But in those moments, I was so glad to be in this career because we could help. Yes. And we sat out and we did like 24-hour round-the-clock broadcasting from the fucking parking lot, food and uh, supply drives at my workplace. For a week, we did it. Wow. And I felt so like... 
I'm so glad we can help. Mm. So those, it's weirdly moments of disaster that I love being part of this career where we can help. Well, I think help. a lot of like news people, newspaper, cable news, you know, it's it's the same feeling. Or I mean, even like a police officer or a fireman, like they don't ever want violence or a fire to happen. Right. But there's just something in them that that is their purpose, that they're the ones that are running towards the danger while everyone else is running away and they don't ever want it to happen. But when they do, that's when they come to life. Yeah. Because that's their purpose. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I absolutely understand. I mean, because I remember I feel like that's when I really found my creative brain mm. because I feel like for most of my career, I've always felt like a fraud that like we're just sort of like copying what other morning shows do that I listen to and just right. making it our own. Mm. But that was when I was like, we're all just fucking making it up. There's no blueprint. There's no. And so I just remember like not only am I planning a six hour show or however long that what five, eight hours, what, six, five, whatever, six hours, six hour show. Then an hour-long podcast, five days a week. That was so much content. And so it literally changed the way that I look at how I plan content and what I think is good content. And so that really changed me and how we, like our show changed after going through all of that. Because I'm like, ooh, okay, this is a, this is a moment. This is a moment. Because I always had this sort of superficial filter of what was supposed to be good on the radio mm. and it completely got blasted away after going through that so yeah. i completely understand where you're coming from okay i, li I hopefully i explained that well absolutely so i mean laura top life on the youtube yeah. just said uh yes it has been great for introspection and a lot of us were able to take that time to find our purpose and putting those plans into place to take charge is that charge charge, yes. charge of our lives and she says i get what you're saying Holly. Thank you, Laura. It is true. Like, and that's one cool thing that has come out of the pandemic work-wise. A lot of people are reevaluating, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, you realize Do I want to spend however many hours you spend at your job hating it? Right. So, you know, a lot of people are are doing things like that and having so and that was that was the cool thing that came out. Because a lot of people were just like, we're getting this. This we're gearing up the motorcycle to just get back on the road like exactly like it was. And I was like, but what if exactly like it was wasn't working? Mm, but yeah. we didn't know it because we didn't know there was another way. Anyway, so pandemic taught me a lot about myself. And then that was also around the time it started a year prior. But I started going through this like, you know, I started therapy and I started <clears throat> being able to understand who I am. And finally, for the first time as a radio personality, not be someone I thought other people would like mm. or take my personality from other people. Like mm -hmm. Miguel and I were like the exact same person for like, like the longest time. But mm -hmm. I think it's because we just copied each other. We did. We did. We, we did. did. And then I think after all of this, we've truly found where we like disagree. Like if you listen to the first two years of the show, like we never disagreed on anything. Right. And I think once we finally and I think it also took us not living together and not being together day to day. Yeah. To find out that we at the core are similar, but there are lots of other values that are totally different from us. And that'll continue to evolve and change as we both get older. Yes. And, but I love that that core love is always going to be there. And that's, what's cool that we build on. Absolutely. So I've had quite a journey. I'll tell you what, I mean, we all have obviously, but right. I look back and sometimes I get like cringed, like I'm cringy thinking about like Laura or Janeth or whoever. We're going back and listening to the early days and being like, 
Well, I was just finding myself, y'all. Give me just give me a little bit of a break. Yes, and Janet talked about when I first met Abe, my husband, aka Mr. Silver Fox. Mm-hmm. If you listened from back in the day, that was his uh, code name. And then Laura had to bring up my ex from back in the day. Ah, thanks a lot, <laughs> That's Laura. what you get when you listen to the old. They old who stuff. must not be named anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think for me, the thing that I love, there's not a moment because before we did this, I'd always wanted, before we got here, I always wanted to do a podcast like this um, because I'd listened to several other shows that did it like way back before it was a thing, like in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I have always loved, because like if you listen to the podcast and listen to the show, we are the same people. But you are a different person when you have to tell a life story or walk through something in four minutes as compared to unlimited amount of time. Yeah, obviously. And so being able to explore different sides of ourself through the years has been really cool because I feel like when we started this, when I was 29, when we moved here, um, you know, and just figuring out life and like figuring out like I had just made one of the biggest decisions that I feel like made me a man making a really tough decision and owning up to it and having to face people not liking me and and knowing that I'm going to possibly like ruin someone's life for the immediate future or for a a segment amount of time Mm -hmm. and I couldn't let someone else do it I had to face it myself and then coming here and taking on this responsibility with all this pressure in a big market like this yeah um, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just like, I'm scared of shit. I don't know. But you just take one step at a time. You do. But I feel like I love that we have this history of the podcast to sort of like what, like this has been my journal. Yeah. Mm. And because I feel like, especially when we got to Panama City, I stopped journaling because there were so many feelings that I didn't want found out about work stuff that mm. wasn't. Because when you get to this this level in your career, like there's just some stuff that we'll never be able to talk about because of legal reasons and just because it's other humans. And it's just like, eh. Like I said, it's our story, but our stories, we're not in a vacuum. Right. And so sometimes even though we might want to say part of our story, you can't. Right. Because can't. the other person's not here. Absolutely. To talk about it or to add their input or whatever the case may be. It sucks, but so, that's the way it is. But it's been really cool to sort of have this documented in, you know, like the my husband, like our first meeting. And now all of the steps that we took along the way and having it documented so we can go back and remember this is how we met. This is how I felt after we first met. This is how I felt after we ran away from Hurricane Irma after only being somewhat dating for a week, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like all these little things that I can point to and say this podcast was the savior yeah. of my mental health, of being able to, you know, uh, having an outlet to be able to talk about it. And then also, too, the really fun moments, like when we've gone down memory lane talking about videos or songs or music videos yes. or, like, crazy-ass stuff that we've gotten to sing along to. Yeah. So um, it's been really cool to be able to, like, have that journal and then have you and the Platypus Posse be a part of that story. Oh, 100%. I love it. And I was so mad at first when it was going to be the Platypus Posse. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but it's fine now. It works and I love it. It's so unique and it's like we literally, ah, they talk about this in like, you know, morning show, uh, radio guidebooks or whatever. They're like, well, for a long time, everyone says fam now and you're not really fam. And I'm like, no, fuck you. We are. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I guess it became popular somewhere along the line after we started saying it Mm -hmm. for a lot of other radio people to just throw that out casually. And I'm like, I get it. And also it's like slang that worked right now. But we do feel like this is a family. Absolutely. Like, it's like sitting down with the extended family and just having a chat, you know. And I, it's really unique, I think. It is. It's been really cool. So... There was a fun little uh, trip down memory lane. Um, always remember that we have the uh, Miguel and Holly slash Platypus Posse fam Facebook group. If you ah, yes. go to the Miguel and Holly Facebook page, you can uh, find the little group there. And you know what? If you type it into the search on Facebook, that's because sometimes I can't even find the damn thing. But mm. if you go into like the Facebook search, just a little magnifying glass, and you're like platypus posse Miguel and Holly, it'll come up. It'll come up. So what do you type in, Miguel? I would just Mi- type oh, in Holly. Oh, it's Miguel and Holly fam slash platypus posse. Yeah. There we go. I doubt very much there's many other platypus posses out there. Nah, that's why it's unique. It is. So Damn. if you just look, search Facebook that way, it can be easier to find. But yeah, that's really cool up. because you know why? There is, before that, when that was a really good idea, Miguel, before that, there wasn't really a way for the the fam, Platypus Posse, to talk to other fam. Yeah. Right. right. That's the best way to do it, I think. So. Thank y'all. Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin. S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly O'Connor. Radio Holly on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. Mine is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me on all of the social networks. Please leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. I'll claw your eyes out if you don't. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the note, Holly, you're going to end this podcast on? No. <laughs> If you want to give us a four, that's fine. No, no you can't. No, 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 you no. can fuck off if I that's the case. Whoa. Whoa. I'll call your eyes out. Like, oh, you no, I mean, effing off listening. is several different, you know, ways you can F off. Okay, oh, well, five stars only, though, explain please. the ways? <laughs> hey, hey. Bye. Bye, y'all.